Thank you for tuning in to Remodeling Mastery by Mark Richardson. Brought to you by Surefire Local. For more advice, tips, and strategy on small business marketing, visit surefirelocal.com forward slash podcast. Hi, I'm Mark Richardson, and welcome to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series that helps you really think about your business. It's titled Remodeling Mastery because that is, in fact, my voice coming from the remodeling industry. However, I think these podcasts really touch, I think, many, many elements of certainly business and life that hopefully you and others can help and benefit from. Today, I'm going to talk about a topic that I think is just something I've been thinking about as a result of my work in advising and certainly sitting on boards of different companies. And it's a topic that's really focused on the subject of questions. Oftentimes, as certainly an advisor or a therapist or any kind of consultative kind of discussion, you know, the best thing I think you learn how to do is ask questions. More times than not, you have all the answers. But do you really ask yourself the right questions? I encourage, and it's certainly been part of my DNA in business and in life, to constantly ask yourself the questions and then really use that thought kind of process, not only internally, but also reaching out to others to help you with the answers. If you really ask yourself the questions, more times than not, you're going to come up with the right answer. You're going to adjust, I think, your level of stress and your anxiety. And I think it's really going to help you come up with the right things. So in the spirit of that, I want to walk through 10 questions for you that you can really think about and ask yourself. And with each one of these questions that I ask, I'm going to really add a little bit of color as it really either relates to me or as it relates to some of the things I'm seeing out there in your business. So the first question, and you might want to jot down these questions or go back and listen to it again, but I also would encourage you to come up with or ask yourself what other questions are there that you think are important in terms of your business and what you're, what you're focused on. The first question is a question I, I oftentimes ask, and it sounds so simple, almost like a child asking the question, and it's a question wrapped around the why. You know, I think oftentimes we are confused with respect to why we are doing something. So the first question I would say that I would really put on your list of top 10 questions is why am I doing this? You know, why am I in this business? What are my motivations? You know, many, many years ago, I used to think, having been in one business for over 30 years, that the fundamental motivation of remodeling business owners was all the same. Then, as I started to get out and look behind the curtain of many business leaders, really great remodeling businesses, I realized that there are many different motivations for owners in business. And in each one of these, if you don't understand your motivation, if you don't understand the why, why am I doing this? You know, give you a couple of examples. You know, many cases, very small remodelers, they're doing it because they have a job. And their business allows them to have a job. Either they lost a job, they were tired of the ups and downs of hiring and firing and layoff and those kind of things. And by starting their own little business, they bought themselves a job. 
You know, in other cases, it's more of a legacy, a legacy that's really focused on the future uh, generations of your family. And there, that's the real motivation of why you're doing what you're doing is really to create that legacy and opportunity for the future in your family. It all co- so could be wrapped around the investment. You know, this business can, in fact, be a very, very good return on the investment if, in fact, you're kind of moving it in the right direction and focused on the right things. The point of all this first question is you got to ask yourself why. Why am I doing this? And if you can actually articulate and write down why you're doing it, you're going to, I think, be more likely to be targeted and heading in the right direction. The second question that I really like to ask people and like to think about is what do you love doing? Now, again, this sort of seems a little bit odd for some of you, but the reality is that this business really allows for you to do more of what you love to do. You know, if you really are clear of what you love to do, then chances are you're going to not only do better in that, but the business is going to thrive in that. What I find is businesses are like quicksand in a way, that owners oftentimes step into the quicksand and they may have loved certain elements, elements wrapped around the craft, elements wrapped around design, elements wrapped around client relations, but as time went on, they removed themselves further and further away from that, and as a result, they're doing very little of what they love doing or what they're really good at doing. You know, I have a good friend that's a great business leader, and what he loves to do, quite frankly, the most is to teach and coach and motivate others. Well, the reality is, as time goes on, you know, the percentage of his time that was devoted to that was becoming less and less and less to the point that it really only represented about 10% of his time. So I think in working with him and coaching him, we were able to increase that, certainly not to all of his time, but increase that so the level of fulfillment is much greater. I think the flip side of that is what would you like to do less of? What would you like to do less of? You know, as I work with different business leaders and owners of businesses, they clearly have some things that they would like to do less of. As you think about how the business is evolving and growing, think about what you would like to do less of and make sure that you're putting people that are strong in those areas in the business that can be doing those things for you. It not only creates kind of a nice evolution of how the structure should evolve in terms of a business, but it also, I think, makes it more fulfilling. And I would argue if you're doing something that you would like to do less of, chances are someone else doing that is going to do a better job than you would be doing, and therefore it's better for the business. Number four is kind of looking a little bit more in the mirror, and that is, you know, what is a perfect, a perfect week? or a perfect day, or even a perfect month for you. You know, I think it's really important to sit back, and not only sit back and think about these things, but write actually sketch out, you know, what does that perfect day look like? What's like a pie chart of the blend of that day for you? You know, it might be that you have some creative elements in that day. It might be that you've got some communication elements. You might have some, you know, more serious problem solving and maybe even a touch of, you know, fixing or putting out some fires. But if you can just get that day, whatever's that perfect balance of that day, 
you know, I think this is very analogous to so many other things. If you think about the perfect meal, the perfect meal has, in fact, the right elements and the right blend and the right proportions. If you can look at your own day with the same kind of thinking of that metaphor, I think you're more likely to be able to move in that direction. You know, I focus in my book on controlling your day before your day controlling you, of really taking inventory of your time, focusing on not only the time that you're spending on things, but most importantly, what is an ideal day? What is an ideal week for you? And then designing that day, uh, just like you design a remodeling project to really make that happen. Number five is a question I always ask myself, and if you give your time, give yourself a little bit of time to think, you can ask yourself this question on a regular basis to the point it really becomes just secondary and you become competent at asking this question in a very unconscious way, and that is, is there a better way? Is there a better way? It could be a better way to communicate, i.e. with a client. It could be a better way to solve something. It could be a better way to accomplish a a sale or a production task or whatever it happens to be. But is there a better way? And by asking yourself, I think, that question, more times than not, the power of your own kind of thinking will come up with, you know, usually two or three ways to do it. You know, one reason I'm a big believer in the time mastery process, and that is where you start your day with really a, a very a very concrete plan, you can ask these questions, is there a better way to do it, and then design a plan for that day around it. Number six, I always look at life, and I think look at certainly business, not just all the successes, but I also look at it as avoiding the mistakes. So my question number six would be, what are my top 10 mistakes? As you sit back, and as I sit back, I've certainly talked about this subject a lot. You know, this is a game of avoiding the potholes, avoiding the the the, the landmines as much as it is about hitting the home runs and having the success. If you can just focus on avoiding mistakes in your business, I think you'd be much, much more successful. And the challenge is sometimes I see with business owners, they make the same mistake over and over again. It could be related to the product and service. It could be related to the client you're going out on that client that never allows you to make a profit again, but you're going out with wishful thinking. You know, it could be related to the team in terms of hiring or coaching or training the team. You know, what are your top 10 mistakes. And by writing them down, I think you're going to be more conscious of them, but you're also going to have a discussion with your team to say, guys, let's just stop making these mistakes. Let's just at least commit to not making these mistakes. As most of you know, I speak in terms of metaphors and analogies a lot. And I really think in terms of, you know, this being very analogous to baseball and baseball hitting. And I use this example a lot that, you know, a great baseball player bats 300. That means three out of 10, they get it right or they get a hit. And seven out of 10, they're actually uh, uh, making an out or, or making a mistake, we'll call it. Now, you let that drop down 
to 200, now all of a sudden this is not just a great all-star player, but it's someone that's cut from the team. So just by making one more mistake out of 10, that person is cut from the team. And again, I think this is very analogous. Certainly the numbers don't necessarily align with baseball, but if you can just, you know, only make, you know, three or four mistakes out of 10 rather than more, you're going to be more successful. Number seven is getting a little bit more to, I think, a a, a softer but important area of your success, and that is a question I always ask myself, and I've asked asked this question for the last 25 years, is how can I help someone today? Just by asking that question, you're all of a sudden, I think, you're changing, I think, your mindset to be a little bit more outward thinking, not inward thinking. By asking yourself, how can I help someone today, I think you're adjusting your cadence and your pace to be a little bit more empathetic and sympathetic of what other people are experiencing. The reality is, I think that I'm a huge believer that if you're giving, you're actually getting and you're becoming much, much better yourself. Number eight is an exercise kind of question that I do for myself about once every three or four weeks. And it really is quite therapeutic, but I think it's a great question to ask. And that is, what are the things that are positive and what are the things that are negative in my life today? And what I do generally is I have literally a list. I have a positive list and I have a negative list. And I list all the things professionally, personally, in terms of my own health and those kind of things. I list all those things that are on the positive side. Then I list the things that are on the negative side, the things that are causing me stress, the things that are weighing me down, so to speak. And what's interesting with this exercise is if you ever want a way to get your mojo back, it's a great way because most of the time I end up with 10 to 15 things on the positive side and usually one to three things on the negative side. But what it also allows me to do and ask the question further is can I convert those negatives or see those vaporize a little bit? And by asking that question, what are the positives and what are the negatives, now I've isolated the negatives. And by isolating the negatives, what I can do is I can actually come up with actions that will reduce some of that pain or some of that negative element to it. Number nine kind of looks out to the future. As I've certainly talked about in earlier podcasts, I'm a big, big believer in kind of balancing your focus on short, medium, and long term. And what I find in working with many, many remodelers, business owners of different type, they really aren't very focused on the long term. They're focused really heavily on the short term, a little bit on the medium term, and very, very little on the long term. So a great question to ask yourself, quite frankly, on a regular basis. Maybe this is once a month. It's certainly not daily. But that is, uh, you know, where will I be in three to five years? Where will I be in 10 years? I did an exercise years ago that really tried to quantify this and looked at a spreadsheet of all these different elements over a period of time that were, a f- that were mapped out in a three, five, and a 10-year period. And by doing it, it not only created, I think, where the yearning and what I was really looking for in that kind of time frame, but what it also did was put it in the context of the environment of others. 
I mapped out how my children's ages were, my age were. I was looking at some of the financial elements. I was looking at some of the professional elements. So by mapping those things out, you really can get, I think, a better understanding of where you would like to be in three, five, ten years. You know, you've heard, certainly heard this adage before that if you don't know where you're heading, any road will take you there. So I'm not a big believer, quite frankly, that you necessarily have to have a very crystallized action step, five to ten year plan. But I do believe you ought to at least have that direction. And that direction, I think, is going to create, I think, enough conviction that you'll start to invest time on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis to kind of inch in that direction. Number 10 kind of relates to number nine, but what are my next steps? You know, what are my next steps in terms of my own sort of personal passages? You know, the reality is I think most of us uh, as human beings, we want to grow. We want to develop. You know, this is a very important question to be asking your key team members. Where would they like to be in the future? What are they yearning for? But I actually heard a friend of mine say a long time ago, you know, as you look to the future, it's really not about retiring. It's about rewiring. And when I heard that rewire, don't retire, not only started to write another book on that subject, but also started to look at it, I think, differently than just you know, getting out and wrapping and finishing something. The reality is I was going to continue. We were going to continue. The question was, what was that going to look like? So I started that process many, many years ago of what does that next step look like? And I think the more that you can start to get a canvas out and start to think about that passage, think about that transition, think about the moves that need to happen, you know, I think most businesses, as I'm doing talks, uh, I ask audiences, would you like to have an exit strategy to your business? And almost all the hands go up. Yes, they would like to have a transition or exit strategy. The next question is, do they have one in place? Actually, only 5% of the hands go up. And I would even argue in those 5%, it's really more wishful thinking because they really haven't created a concrete plan and people in place to be able to do that. So I want to wrap up this by sort of my opening remarks, and that is, if you don't know the answers, at least know the questions. And I think if you can have the discipline to start asking yourself more questions, asking your team member more questions, I think you're going to find that those answers are there. Those uh, not making the mistakes is simply a choice. You just have to ask yourself the right questions to be really heading in the right direction. So I want to thank everybody for listening to this podcast. There's a lot of really meaty things, I think, in other podcasts that hopefully will hit a chord and really be meaningful to you. So I encourage you to listen to some of those things. Or always, you're welcome to certainly contact me directly, reach out if you have a particular issue, or if you feel that I can help you in any way. Take care, everyone. Remodeling Mastery by Mark Richardson was created to help business owners like you grow your business. Learn something new today? Let us know by tweeting at Surefire Local. For more podcasts, visit surefirelocal.com forward slash podcast.